Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. And let me welcome to the show my buddy. He has been away far too long. He's the CEO, of course, of the Children's Defense Fund, and they got their Freedom School this summer. I can't wait to talk about it. Reverend Dr. Starsky Wilson. Hello. Hey, hey, glad to be with you. Glad to be with you. And glad to meet uh, Marsha. So, you, you know, you hooked me up with these remarkable introductions. Man. And so I'm, I'm glad to be introduced to Marsha Warfield and to be in y'all's company this afternoon. That's what I do. I'm the plug. I'm the plug. All right. Well, I'm honored myself. I am very honored to be in such august company. Look, look at that. Um, so is it Reverend Doctor or Doctor Reverend? Which comes first and why? Why when you have both, you know, because it's like, you know, Martin Luther King is a Reverend Doctor, is a Doctor Reverend, Warnock is a Reverend Doctor. Like which comes first? It is it is uh most most uh commonly Reverend Doctor. Uh, I've seen it the other you way. You put the Lord first. Been, is that because you put God first? Yeah. That 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 is for me uh, always, uh, and uh, and it actually came first. Uh, I've been Reverend. I've been ordained twenty years this month, uh, and I only been doctor a few years. So uh, right. even if it's just chronological order, then I'll put it in that one. All right. Well, happy, happy, uh, God, godly walk to you, sir. I appreciate the this being a shepherd. Um, Listening to that, I've been asking this question all day. Um, I think America's reign is at its end, and maybe it should. You know, like it doesn't doesn't mean it goes away. I mean, Great Britain is no longer the superpower or whatever of the whole world. It reigned for four hundred years. It's gone. Ottoman Empire, Roman Empire, the Greeks, of course, the Egyptians, three thousand years. Of course, the Africans had the longest reign. But you know, two hundred. Uh, Marshall Warfield said we got to start with after Reconstruction to to start yeah. to calculate America's greatness. Um <laughs> what what are your thoughts, Reverend Dr. Yeah, Starsky? No, I'm I'm in agreement here. I mean at the very least the moral authority, you know, America is led by um, the concepts and ideals of freedom and liberation, uh, freedom and liberty, uh, not exactly liberation, um, um, for some time. And this kind of moral suasion that comes with the idea of being ethically uh, above reproach, or at least beyond others, has clearly broken down. Uh, we've been brought before the United Nations councils on um, for the domination of policing in America and its racist approaches. We've been brought before, uh, we've been made bare on the public stage through media, uh, how we treat people. And in this, uh, you know, the Roe case uh, and what we see in um, Roe being overturned in Dobbs and what we see on January 6th makes it very plain that we don't keep, uh, we don't treat our people equally. Um, we are making no bones about the fact that we're going to repeal two generations worth of progress uh, and the concept of democracy, the, you know, in Langston Hughes' words, America never was America to me. The ideals of democracy that say that through Capitol Hill and the White House, we can get things done for people can come under attack uh, and you don't have to pay for it even if you're an American citizen. So why should any other country uh, respect uh, our boundaries? Why should any other country respect our ideals if we won't hold accountable someone who is to be an exemplar because he held the office um, to be the president of the United States and to be the exemplar of ideas? If we won't hold him accountable, then who else uh, should regard or respect uh, our boundaries or our ideals? So indeed, we have at, at the very least lost the moral leadership uh, of the globe. Uh, and that is the beginning of the end uh, for all empires. We saw that recently with the convening in California, Los Angeles, of 
uh, Caribbean nations, uh, you know, uh, Spain and Europe. And no, like a lot of people didn't show up. Cuba, we didn't invite them. So other nations were like, oh, Cuba's not coming. We're not coming. And then Mia Motley was like, yeah. And I'm going to quote Bob Marley and cuss y'all out. And then I'm going <laughs> to let you know that I have a partnership with Canada. Don't need you anymore. And Great Britain, middle fingers to you. And I'm like, whoa, it's it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. And then was it Columbia just elected a whole uh, African black diasporic vice president who is like black, like African pendant wow. black, like black tribal cloth <laughs> black like i didn't see this i didn't know this um but i mean this is a we shouldn't be surprised b part of what's falling is not just kind of american hegemony um but this idea that the west has all the answers um so when you start talking about what's happening in other countries what's happening um you know uh, countries uh, noting that they're not no longer going to bow to the queen uh, and kind of the breakdown there, uh, people of people of color are the people of the global majority. Uh, <laughs> I think there's some moral authority that comes with that as well. Uh, and that, you know, people are rightfully finding their voice and their power. And that's part of what's going on in America. Um, you know, these are anti-majoritarian moves that are happening. The Supreme Court overturning things that the majority of Americans want. Uh, the fact that Republican senators, even in the 50-50 Senate, uh, represent millions less people uh, than the Democratic senators because of the states that they come from and occupy. Um, when people of color are people of the majority, then there should be some leadership that reflects that in a global context and an American context. And that's part of the growing pains we're going through right now is uh, these are the death throes of, of straight white male, I'm sorry, straight in public, white male richness <laughs> uh, you know, of the West um, that has held authority over so many things and the rising power of an emerging black, brown, female, queer perspective uh, is causing um, uh, these kind of strictures and challenges and gropes for power to hang on uh, when they know they shouldn't be in charge. What, what if, I'm just, I'm still like, trying to figure out all right i get people wanting to keep their power because it's more like i want to be able to tell people what to, what to do i want to lord over them you know but the numbers are like not in their favor and they're not ever going to be in their favor because uh i know biology so there's that <laughs> but you know what what we had a black president for eight years and nobody nobody white was enslaved matter of fact the economy did better than it's, than it's been in a while he saved the auto industry banks were happy the stock market was raging he put things back oh health care 20 30 million more americans got health care because of this black man and there was no scandal there was no scandal yeah. there was you know a man married to a wife that he actually liked and, and to raising two daughters that he actually loved and children that actually do, doted and devoted uh, were devoted to him. So what, what are they afraid of? What's the fear? It's always been a lie. It's always been a lie. You, you, you call them the founding fathers. I call them the founding slaveholders. When you buy this, the hype, America's biggest uh, export is hype. The thing they've done best mm. is hype. We've always been hyped. It's never been true. The slave population in the South always outnumbered the white population. It's never been about numbers, about the majority. They've never had that. 
It's about control. And the people who want control, they make up things that make you choose their side. Like I said, they make you choose white Jesus. They make you choose this sort of president. We talk about having a black president, which to me is like saying uh, things got better when we got a black overseer. Our, our, our ancestors <laughs> did not celebrate like, did y'all hear? The new overseer is a colored man. They didn't do that. It's because overseer did not change the complexion or the, the reality of slavery. Having a black president didn't change squat for anybody except it put a black face on white supremacy. And so while we're celebrating this, we are missing a bigger picture. How many people had to be silenced in order to not rock that boat? Yeah. How yeah. many black activists had to be silenced in order to not rock that boat? And She's... we're not looking at bigger pictures. We're responding to the hype. She just figured out how free this space was. Marsha Warfield is here. She has arrived. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, Dr. Reverend, Reverend Dr. Sarsky Wilson is here as well. Um, today, uh, to your point, you know, um, another black man is uh, brutalized by police. Uh, at least the tape came out. I watched it. My stomach turned. Uh, There's another Freddie Gray situation. Uh, this time, I want to say it's in Connecticut. Um, Randy Cox got arrested. They put him in the back of one of those police vans with no seatbelt. They slammed on the brakes to watch his neck crack in that back of the van, turn my stomach. And I, I, you know, I watched the video, not prepared for what I was going to see. But then after you do that, the first officer that opened the van back to see him with his arm back behind him and his neck at a very bad angle called the ambulance. It's like, you know, that's the appropriate response. Yeah. But then a, a woman uh, officer was like, oh, he's just, you know, let's pull him out. Oh, you drank too much. I mean, you literally cracked this man's spine with a rough ride. 36 years old. He is now paralyzed. Ben Crump is his lawyer. He posted the video. This happened uh, 10 days ago in New Haven, Connecticut. The footage was released this week, uh, yesterday by Ben Crump. Um, I don't know what's going to happen next, but I'm like, that's not changed. I mean, George Floyd, right. I mean, that it just after George Floyd, somebody got shot in the back of Minnesota by a police. Yeah. So it's like, all right, y'all know these people on trial for doing for killing a man. Y'all just y'all just going to be like during the verdict. Let's sh shoot another black man in the back and kill him. Um, I don't know what, you know, you're, you're raising up children, Reverend Dr. Starsky through the children's defense fund and educating them and freedom schools has been kind of that marker of that bastion of like infusing knowledge and history and giving children the pride that they need to walk into the world as their full selves. What do you tell them? Well, uh, first of all, we, we listen to what they have to say. Um, we ask them, um, what's going on that's making it hard for them. Uh, part of what I'm doing right now. Uh, is over the course of the next six weeks. I started a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to a different freedom school. We have 172 sites across the country. I'm going to a different freedom school. I'm reading to them uh, in the morning in our Harambe. Over lunchtime, I'm sitting having lunch with college students, predominantly Black college students, asking them what's going on in their campuses and their communities that's impacting them and what do they want us to respond to. 
And then I'm sitting with parents at the end of the day when they come to pick up their kids and asking them, what's the stuff you want us to be doing? What's making it hard to raise kids in America today? Uh, what are the issues that you're seeking to respond to? And what should we be doing about it in your city, in your state, uh, national, and specifically what should CDF be doing? And a couple of things they're telling me. So what my, my best answer to you is what they tell, what they've told me over the last couple of weeks and what I think I'm hearing as themes. Uh, first and foremost, they're saying we have to be able to have the freedom and the space, create the freedom and the space to paint our own picture of the desired future. We're freedom dreaming is what we're doing. We're asking everybody, you know, what does freedom look like to you? What does it feel like to you? Uh, because reacting and responding to these moments and these systems will never get us free. We actually have to create space where we begin to design, divine, uh, and, and, and talk about what something else looks like. Um, gun violence, fear of police, and fear of violence in community are coming up from these parents. Uh, they're absolutely uh, concerned about what's happening. They're talking very specifically about uh, moral degradation in the country and the capacity for people not to be able to get along. Um, but, and they're pressing, right? They're pressing specifically these Black parents on things like um, social emotional wellness and talking about what these stories, what these videos, like some of them have clicked the same videos that you just watched, what these are doing to the psyche of their children. Uh, and so all that said, all that together, uh, we got to create some space for us to really powerfully dream about what's next, um, do the hard work of, of futurism to say, okay, this is now, we understand it, we're not trying to escape it, but we need to think about what's next, and then build power to push through it uh, to what's next. There's a strong critique of political systems in our country, um, um, Black leadership and white leadership, so the same thing Marshall was talking about. Um, you know, they're not using these words, uh, but I'll use my own words um, uh, from, the, from the Black preaching tradition. Jeremiah Wright was right. Um, Pharaoh wasn't a person, it was a job description. Uh, and so in the same thing we say about, um, to get into this, same thing we say about Barack Obama and whether the Black president mattered, the same thing we're saying about police, where the half your academy produces Black cops it's the same situation. It's, it's actually not about the people. It's about the system. It's about the job description and how they're called to carry it out. And so parents have a strong critique right now of what's going on in our country. Um, there's a deep distrust, frankly, of both of these parties, um, weak Democrats and, and in some cases, evil Republicans. Uh, I said that at Starsky Wilson, that is the president of the Children's Defense Fund, just so y'all know. Um, and, and, um, and we have to build power and it begins with listening with one, listening to one another. Uh, it begins to a commitment to collectivism to move powerfully beyond this. And it includes accountability. So I'm grateful for what Ben Crump is doing. Uh, I'm grateful for what, you know, um, uh, attorneys out here doing, but it, it's gotta be more for us um, than just operating within these systems for accountability, because that accountability, even for these officers, ain't gonna bring us justice. Reverend Dr. Starsky, um, Wilson is here. Children's Defense Fund, Marianne Wright Edelman. You talked about the Harambe. What is? Because uh, when you type in Harambe Google search, it comes up with that gorilla, which pisses me off. Because why? You know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You yeah. know, so something sacred like Harambe, we can't even have 
now it's associated to a gorilla that uh, dragged a little boy, and then y'all had a, a, a whole ass um, memorial because he was killed. Anyway, please, yeah, please yeah. tell us what Harambe actually is and why yeah. you start with that. Uh, Harambe is a key Swahili word that means let's pull together. Uh, so it's a gathering together of all the of the children, the servant leaders, the scholars uh, in our Freedom Schools program every morning uh, where uh, we do exactly that. We gather together, we engage in a read aloud. So when I go into these um, cities, I serve as a read aloud guest and have a chance to um, um, see the faces of these young people as they see themselves in this these books and in our integrated reading curriculum. What, uh, what, are you, what, get, what are you reading? What are you reading? This, this, this. Last week was really cool because uh, I was in uh, I was in St. Louis uh, at Christ the King United Church of Christ. And I read Goodnight Racism uh, by Ibram Kendi, um, a, uh, a children's book that um, was illustrated by Kababi Bayak, a St. Louis author. Um, so I was able to kind of go in and read uh, that for them in that setting. Uh, and we're working to find connections uh, in each setting to a local uh, artist uh, for uh, for what we're reading in each in each place, but that one was a really special one. It was a new one for me. I hadn't read it yet. I literally just gotten it the day before, uh, but, but Kababi had been a friend from my time in St. Louis, and so it was really cool to be able to read that. Uh, so just like in the same spirit of Good Night Moon, um, and I, I may well be reading Anti-Racist Baby um, uh, when I go to Winston Salem uh, in a couple of days. Um, but uh, so we're keeping a theme up. With these young people, but we also engage in some cheers and chants and inspirational songs. Um, there's an inspirational song from South Africa called, uh, written by a South African artist called "Something Inside So Strong," uh, that we, you know, sing to and dance to. Uh, I can't dance with them as much as I used to. I strained my back a little bit last week trying to trying to go hard with them. Uh, <laughs> but, okay, Papa. It's, it's a fun time. I hurt my back. I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. do the move. Man. Yeah, some inside strong, but don't try to do all of the move. So, yeah. but, uh, but it's been great. What's the age range? And if they're, I mean, I know you're in the middle of your season, but you you keep going with the Freedom Schools. What? What, how can parents um, connect and get their children in? But what, what's the age range first? Yeah, so uh, Freedom Schools are from kindergarten through 12th grade, uh, depending on the site and the partner that we're working with. Mostly kindergarten through eighth grade, though, is where we find most of our scholars. Uh, and they're run by college students that we uh, train throughout the summer. And so if you go to our website at childrensdefense.org, uh, there's a map of where we have Freedom Schools, uh, which partners we're working with in different locations. Uh, and we also you know, will begin the process in September uh, of opening up uh, to partner with organizations, congregations, uh, community-based uh, organizations who want to host Freedom Schools for next summer. Um, so, uh, so we also encourage that. We're always looking for partners to build back up. We're really excited this year because we're back to pre-COVID levels. You know, we had a couple of years uh, where we're having a tough time and people couldn't gather. Uh, but this year, we're going to serve um, more than 11,000 scholars and families through this program across the country. Um, and more than anything else, these listening tools we're doing to help to ground our public policy work and keep building community with these parents, with these college students and with these scholars throughout the year uh, so that we can put power to work around an agenda that starts with the pains. I tell my staff, you know, nothing belongs on our public policy agenda uh, at the Children's Defense Fund that didn't start as a problem around mama and big mama's table. So we're going to see where the problems are so we can inform our policy work and build power with it. I love you in this seat. Um, you 
deeply care, but you are uniquely made to tackle these issues, but also infuse and imbue in these children uh, inspiration to get up and get out and and get it. So um, I'm really proud of you. You this is this is great. I mean, you know, some some CEOs ain't doing nothing. Not this one. Reverend Dr. Starsky <laughs> Wilson is actually working. Uh, so I so thank much. you. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.